I'm always reminded of what a humbling uh, experience it is to come before you and bring the Word of God. Uh, I'm humbled to be in the position that I am in as a youth pastor in this church. The process that God brings me through in this um, bringing you the sermon, the Word of God here this morning, that's the thing that I really treasure. Uh, it's because He's giving me this message, and this message is just for me. He wants me to grow. Uh, and then I'm allowed to bring it to you, and people have said that they've been blessed by that in the past. So I pray that that's a blessing for you today, that as God has brought me through what has been a difficult subject matter and a difficult time in my life, um, that you would see that this is a process that we're all to go through, this process of uncomfortable growth uh, at the feet of God. And, um, and so God has blessed me as I've studied His Word in the past little while, and I've allowed His Word to read me and to test me. And it says in God's Word that He opposes the proud but gives strength to the humble. And so I come to you this morning in full humility. And I pray that God would bless you this morning through uh, His Word and my message to you today. Forgive me, this message could probably be eight messages. And I, I just like to apologize for that right off the bat. I only get to speak to you guys once every six or eight weeks. And so there's a lot of stuff built up and backed up. So I'm a little bit backed up Holy Spirit-wise. So if some stuff crosses over, um, forgive me. Um, sometimes, uh, maybe I'm just speaking about myself, but maybe I'm speaking about you as well. Sometimes I think we can get caught up in this idea that we aren't living up to the standard that God wants for us. I don't know if anyone else feels that the same way that I do from time to time. We can get discouraged in our daily life, right? Our daily day-to-day stuff that we do and circumstances. And at times we drift away and can follow our own path. I don't know if this is anyone else or just me speaking. Uh, and start to follow our own desires. And so it's necessary every now and again to stop and hit the reset button on our narrow-minded views and to stop beating ourselves up or worse, beating other people up. as we try and live out our faith day by day here almost 2,000 years after Christ came to earth. I find these weeks leading up to Easter is a great time to us reflect on our pasts. Not our prologues, okay? Not our stories that happened before we came to Christ, but all the good stuff God's been doing in our life since we came to that saving faith in Jesus. We've written this story, and our story is being written every day by our choices, by our actions, by our words, And our prologues are the things we can't change, right? Our family of origin, who we are, where we grew up, the jobs that we've had. Those are just stuff that's happened. But if we take a look at what our life has looked like since we began our walks with Jesus, I want you to draw encouragement from what God is doing, what He has done before, and what He's still to do in your life. See, I know where God has brought me in my walk, because you didn't know me when I was a good old-fashioned, unsaved heathen. He's done quite a work in me over the past 12 years that I've called Him Lord, and He's not done yet, thank God. Right? We all have this story to tell about what happened when God intersected our life and God changed our life. And so it's important that we tell that story to others. It's a message that God has is, is, is given us to carry to others, to share His story. And so as we survey where we are today, we do this not in a wishful or hopeful way necessarily, We want to look forward in a strategic and calculated manner in order to refocus ourselves on what our faith really means to us. You see, if Christ is our absolute north, the force whom we are trying to align our lives to, our entire lives and our choices, we need to take a moment from time to time and recalibrate our lives and our actions to the will of God and to the leading of the Holy Spirit living in us. 
We need to remember that we all have a role to play in God's big plan until He calls us home. And we need to thank God for what He has done and see what He would have us continue to do in order for Him to work out that salvation in us to complete our mission here on earth. You see, the Bible is an incredible book, right? It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It's, it divides soul and spirit, it says, joints and marrow. It's alive and active. We need to remember, though, that God used men, not superheroes or angelic beings, but regular men to bring His truth to the world. At times, I think, I know I read the Bible, I'll read one of the letters, I'll read one of something Paul has written, and I'll say, wow, that's incredible, but Paul's not like me. Paul's a much more spiritual guy than Nick. And sometimes we put the messenger up on a pedestal instead of the message that that person was bringing. You see, these are just regular guys who were largely flawed in many ways. And God used them because they were willing and able to grow, to accept the gift of the Holy Spirit and to follow the Spirit's leading in their lives. And so I want to look at three passages from Scripture today from these three regular men, Peter, Paul, and James. And I want you to listen to what God is trying to say to you today through the power of His Spirit. His Spirit's either living inside of you today or it's trying to get through to you today. And what I want you to focus on today is forgetting. Two passages of Scripture that we're going to deal with today talk about things uh, not to forget. Specifically, don't forget you're saved and cleansed from your sins. And don't forget what Jesus said and do it. And then this other idea that we are to forget. We are to forget what lies behind us. And we are to press on. Let me just pray for a moment before we get into God's Word. Hey God, good morning again. Uh, It's great to be here uh, with your people, in your family, amongst my brothers and sisters in Christ. And God, um, you know I have an encouragement for the people here today. So I just pray that through my words and my actions, uh, people would be encouraged by your Spirit living inside of them. Uh, God, they'd be challenged if there's areas that they need to grow in. Uh, God, and uh, we would just be blessed this morning as we get into your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so let's start with Peter. Great place to start. I'm not going to go into the full biography of Peter. Uh, We all know one of his titanic screw-ups was denying Jesus three times on the night of Jesus' arrest. And then just recently we've had Pastor Paul teaching us about the fact that uh, he he was getting called to the mat by the Apostle Paul about acting one way around his Jewish brothers another way around his Gentile brothers. So we have in Peter the first great hypocrite of our faith. Right? And God used him in spite of himself. And Peter has encouragement for us today. And I'm going to read a large passage of Scripture here. It's going to be on the screen. So we're in 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 1 to 9. And I'm going to read from the NIV. Um, what I want to get to is right at the end of this, but I want you to be encouraged by the beginning. So this is the, this is the beginning of Peter's uh, second letter. And it says... Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ to have received a faith as precious as ours, grace and peace be yours in abundance. Through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these He has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you you may participate in the divine nature, 
having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. The Word of God. Now before we get to this idea of forgetting, we have to stop for a moment at the get part. You see, you can't forget what you haven't got. And so I want to speak for a moment outside of the text this morning, briefly, because there is a message for those who may not have this Spirit of God living inside of them. Those that Peter addresses the letter to, is it's clearly addressed to Christians. It says, to those who have received a faith as precious as ours. You see, this relationship that we have with Jesus is the most precious thing we have in our life. It's the relationship that no one else in the world can have with us. It is the core relationship on which every other relationship in our life is built upon. So today, if you're looking at your own life and you don't have this faith, you need to stop right here because this is your salvation. It's your eternity. It's your hope. It's your peace. It's your joy. It's your comfort. You see, you can't just sing all these songs about it and not have it yourself. And so today, if you aren't feeling the love of God, if there's this fear inside of you or uncertainty about this relationship with God, then ask God to be the Lord of your life today. I've found in my, in my 12 years being a Christian that there can be this very impersonal relationship that you can establish with God that is based on intellectual assent rather than supernatural descent. You feel me? See, it's not enough to simply say, yeah, well, I believe in God, and I want to do good and not bad. You see, that's, try- that's you trying to work out your salvation. Where Scripture says it's confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believing in your heart that God rose Him from the dead that you will be saved. Repent and be baptized and you will receive the Holy Spirit. Now, how all this plays out in heaven... That's God's department. It's not ours. But the message in Scripture is clear that we need to accept what Jesus did on the cross as payment in full for the penalty of death that we owe for our own sins. Now, if you hear people saying that they don't sin or they don't need forgiveness or things of that nature, it may indicate that someone believes in God or they think the Bible is a good book. Christianity is a good way to live their life, but that person has never crossed over the chasm from death to life by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Without that transaction taking place, acknowledging our own brokenness, and exchanging our worthless life for His eternal life, the Holy Spirit will not live in you. You see, you might have come right to the edge of faith in Jesus But you never got to that point of crying out to God and saying, have mercy on a sinner like me. You might have made a thousand prayers for a thousand people. And you might have seen God at work in the lives of people around you. And you might have just missed out on the power of the gospel unto salvation and transformation in this life. See, the Holy Spirit living inside of you is the seal. It's the deposit. 
until we get the full inheritance. And so, if you feel the Spirit of God calling you today, Scripture says, do not harden your heart. Turn to Him today. And tell someone that you did. Start your new life. Now, back to the text. Back what I have for for God's people here today. I have encouragement I want to bring to you. And the encouragement is this. If you have it, if you have God's Spirit living inside of you, if you are forgiven, don't forget it. Wherever you find yourself today, wherever you are struggling, if it seems like you're treading water, remember that He who made the water, He who created everything in this universe, loves you and has a plan for you. And as you continue to seek out His will for your life, you'll get a greater understanding of His will. And you'll grow in your knowledge of Him. And you'll grow in the knowledge of His love for you. And you see, that's going to start to leak out all over the people around you in your life, wherever you find yourself. You see, the enemy of our souls, who Scripture says has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they can't see the truth of the Gospel, that is the light of Christ, he tried to convince you and those living in darkness that your shortcomings are cause for a reevaluation in God's eyes. And that if you get reevaluated, you're going to come up short. That you need to quit or keep your mouth shut or hide. But the truth is, you're God's child, you're washed clean by the blood of Christ, and you're positioned right where you are right now in order to be used by God so that others can find Him. All you need to do is get over yourself. And let God use you. You see, you're surrounded by blind people every day of your life. And they need sight. And so we need to stop acting like we're blind ourselves. When we have this 2020, here's 2020 the best. Does Does it get better than 2020? So if we have 2020 vision of the gospel of Jesus Christ, well, it actually gives us x ray vision as well. So we've got 2020 x ray vision because we see the truth. And so I want to encourage you today that wherever you find yourself with God, whether you've been following Him 50 years, or 50 months, or 50 days, or 50 minutes, or you've never put your faith or trust in Him, just understand that God has a plan, that He's still in control, and no matter what this world or the people in it throw at you, He has a plan for you. He's brought you out of something. Or He's put you in something. And He's put you where He wants you to do His work here. And He has a place for you in eternity. That's the good news. Your life in Christ is what you awake to every single day. And while we still have trouble in this world, we have this anchor in Christ. Our whole life is now in the process of being realigned to Him as the center point. Now this is a process, and thanks be to God, we aren't judged by how quickly we do this, how well we do this all the time. We're merely judged righteous because Christ is righteous. This is what Paul the Apostle and Paul the Pastor both have talked about, one more recently than the other. This idea that our justification is through faith alone in what Jesus did. And that we are now His people. And you can get into all kinds of arguments if you want on whether someone really came to Christ or if they're backsliding or if they've turned their back and they're going their own way. Scripture tells us He will never leave us, He'll never forsake us, and that's good news that we need to remind ourselves of and encourage each other amidst the struggles of life, amidst our imperfections, amidst our pain. The good news is, is no matter how bad this life gets, no matter how many pages of your story 
have tear stains on them and regret and doubt and suffering and worry. The ending of our story has been written and the story ends with being with Jesus for all eternity with no more pain, no more suffering, and no more sin. Praise God, eh? Hallelujah. Peter tells us of this growth trajectory. And this is, a, this is something that we're following. And it's not a flow chart. It's not station to station. It's this, it's this growth trajectory. We aren't allowed to stay where we are today. We need to grow. And this idea that Peter introduces to us that we need to move beyond faith. Right? We need to move beyond faith. And we need to move um, into goodness. Right? We need to move into mutual affection. We're increasing our affection for one another. And we're achieving love for each other. And love for those that we come into contact with. And Peter says if we aren't growing in these things, we can end up being blind and ineffective and unproductive in our knowledge of Jesus Christ. And maybe we could end up looking like someone who isn't even saved at all. Because as the text says, we've forgotten that we've been cleansed from our past sins. So if this is you today, you're sitting here, you might be feeling unproductive or ineffective. You need to cure yourself of this temporary bout of forgetfulness. You see, you've been purchased with the blood of Jesus and you belong to Him. Don't forget it. God doesn't want you here. He wants you to move forward. He wants you to grow. And you need to so that you aren't ineffective. Your effectiveness is determined by your faith growing, your knowledge growing, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, this is all possible. All things are possible with God. Which segues nicely uh, into talking about this passage from a man formerly known as Saul of Tarsus. It says in Scripture that Saul was breathing murderous threats against the church. You see, Saul saw this new religion that was forming through the ministry of the apostles and the work of the Holy Spirit, and he said it needed to be wiped out because it was false religion. And Jesus was a false god. And we all know the story about how Jesus got... Saul's attention on the road to Damascus and he forever altered Saul's perception and reality. You see, God took a Christ denier who wanted to kill believers and turned him into someone who would spread the gospel all across the known world. Change is possible. And so the Apostle Paul writes in Philippians 3.12-16, Philippians 3.12-16, Paul says, Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently... That too, God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. You see, this is part of us maturing as believers. We forget what is behind us and we press on because we want to live up to what we've already attained. It's not because God demands this of us, but because God loves us. You see, we aren't forever doomed to follow our same repetitive or destructive behaviors and choices. If we come to Him and acknowledge our shortcomings and accept Him as the one who can overcome, who has overcome the world and who can overcome whatever trouble we're facing. Understand this then. We are fully qualified in our own imperfection 
and our own brokenness right now to share the love of Christ with those who need it. And the reason why is because we press on. We forget the past. See, we also need to forget those things in our past, maybe in our prologues, that once brought us pleasure. These things that we shouldn't engage in, we need to forget those. And we don't stop doing those things because we know we shouldn't because of the consequence, but rather we do as an expression of love for the grace we've received from God. And see, the crazy thing that I've learned, that every single thing that God doesn't want us to do isn't to keep us from fun or enjoyment, it's to protect us from the pain that it can cause us. Now, each one of us, there are things that we need to forget from our past, either from our prologues before we came to Jesus, from our family of origin, or forget things that have happened to us as followers of Jesus. For each one of us, it's it's different. But in this body, we have so many shared pains, common hurts that we need to forget. Now, I'm not suggesting, nor is Paul, that we forget these pains in a cold, callous way, but it's a way of allowing us to continue on the path that God has for us here on earth. Just know today, if there is a pain that you can't get over, God wants to free you from it. You just need to give it over to Him and press on and and press on, is it's about forgiving others. Because we are forgiven by God. It means loving others. Because we are loved by God. You see, we press on through the messiness of misunderstandings. We press on even when we've hurt each other. We press on because it says in Scripture, this is how the world will know we are His disciples. By how we love each other. Now, forgetting the past isn't denying the pain or not dealing with the actual trespass. It's about working through the pain and the hurts and the discomforts so that as a body, we can share Christ with the world. Lastly today, I want to look at this passage from James. James is an interesting fellow because in addition to being the head of the church in Jerusalem, he was also Jesus' earthly brother. And he was probably a little bit skeptical of Jesus being the Messiah. We don't have any record of James being part of Jesus' earthly ministry. So he came to faith after after Jesus had been uh, crucified and resurrected. When when James came to Jesus, uh, when, when he came to accept Jesus, he was unable to write this new story in his own life as someone who wanted to share this good news with others. And so I'm in the book of James, chapter 1. And we're just going to focus on 23 to 27 a little bit this morning. James says, Anyone who listens to the word but does not do it, does not do what it says, is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Lots of stuff in there. The perfect law that gives freedom that James is talking about. He says, whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they'll be blessed in what they do. The perfect law that gives freedom James is talking about here is Jesus Christ. 
He perfected the law. So James is not talking about this righteousness that's obtained by following the letter of the law, but it's a righteousness obtained through following Jesus by belonging to Christ. You see, it isn't just enough to hear the teachings of Jesus. We need to follow them. This is where the blessing comes. This isn't a works-based salvation, but instead doing the work of God and being blessed as we do it. And we continue in it. You see, we are a blessed people. That's true. Every single person in here is blessed. But then that leads us to a people who then need to bless others. It's a process of us following through on what Jesus taught us to do. When we don't do it, we realize our mistakes and we try again. We commit ourselves to doing things the right way, not necessarily the way that we want to do them. And James then takes a shot at people who consider themselves religious but let their tongue carry them away. And he could be speaking to any number of people here today, not here, here, I mean, in this world. People today who might be practicing a religion based on contorting Scripture to suit their own needs and paying little attention to what Jesus commanded us. You see, any kind of religious chatter that is based around fear or hatred or segregation, that's not from God. You see, whoever we try and imagine as someone who doesn't deserve God's grace... Picture that person in your mind right now. The person who doesn't deserve God's grace. That's exactly the person Jesus died for. That's why we, people who come and teach, need to be careful about what we teach and how we do it, lest our tongue carry us away. And James says that true and perfect religion in God's eyes is taking care of widows and orphans and not being polluted by the world. I would challenge you today to consider what an orphan is. Who are the orphans in our world? I think we have orphans all around us. An orphan is someone who's fatherless, right? Ostracized, marginalized. See, these are the ones that we were sent to care for. If you don't know your father in heaven, I think you're an orphan. You can agree or disagree. And what about widows? Widows are the ones who've lost their bridegroom, don't have the bridegroom. I think widows today are those of people that aren't, don't belong to the church or the body of Christ. They have no part in the bridegroom. They have no part in Jesus. The fatherless and the Jesusless of this world, these are the ones that we take care of in order to practice true and perfect religion. True and perfect religion isn't something that we practice amongst each other on Sunday. It's practiced amongst the orphans and the widows in our world out there. Not being polluted by the world. There's three or four uh, sermons that I don't have time for this morning. It's not about the trappings of the world. It's not about like nice trucks or following the Buffalo Bills, you know, things like that. That's, you know, I'm polluted because I'm a Bills fan, obviously. But um, but it's, (laughs) what? Does that Patriots crack? Stay out of it. Stay out of it, Mark Bangay. So, yeah, it's... It's looking at at worldliness as the solution rather than godliness. This is his idea of being polluted by the world. And so if we're continuing in our love of Jesus, you see, if if we're looking at following Jesus as something that's a priority in our life, it needs to take priority over our job, right, our profession. It needs to really take priority over even our children or our wife. It takes even priority. This is the hardest one. 
Following Jesus takes priority over ourselves and our own desires. That's the hardest one to get get a handle on. And the reason why we continue in this is because we don't want to end up looking like people who are blind. Because we aren't blind. So let's start showing the blind people the way. Or continue to show people the blind people the way. And you see, when the hurt comes, and when things don't go the way that we want it to, or we offend each other or harm each other, we need to remember that we forget, we forgive, we press on. The good news is we aren't doing this alone, right? We all have each other. We have the body. And we have the Holy Spirit guiding us from within. We're, we're, we're meant to share God's story out there. And as you continue to write your story, figure out how God's story can then be shared with those people you come into contact with every day. To God be the glory through His Son, Jesus Christ, now and forevermore. Let's pray. Hey God, thanks for, uh, thanks for your work here. You know, thanks that you are still at work. And even when we don't see evidence of it, you're working behind the scenes and you're working, doing renovation on people's hearts. God, that, that we pray for people and, uh, and, and your work's getting done. God, we pray for this work to continue here in this village. God, we just want more people to come to know you. God, we just want more people to experience uh, your love, to, to understand your love. And God, we just want to be a place that's welcoming for people in this community when they have questions. Uh, God, when they're looking for grace and looking for mercy, that we would be a people of grace and mercy and not judgment and condemnation, God. Jesus uh, didn't come to condemn the world, but to give life through him. And so, God, as we're out rubbing shoulders with people in this community, let us continue to find ways to show your love and your grace and your mercy to everyone we come into contact with. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Make sure I'm not taking stuff that's not mine.